Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 438. Today is January 13th, 2022. I am one of your hosts, Kyle. I'm another host, Mo. And I'm Adriel. And, uh, hey guys, how's it going? Good, you? Good, yeah, good. Finally warmed up in uh, in Edmonton, and I hear Toronto is experiencing a cold snap, which I'm very happy to hear. Yeah. And yeah. Montreal, or mm. Yeah, we had, it was minus 20. <laughs> 20 high minus 20 something and then oh in the 30s how do you survive how do you i don't survive? know i didn't go it's outside a, i don't know i think we hole. hit four degrees today so nice much more livable i don't know yeah you could live in toronto and montreal minus 20 it's so something. cold there oh, <laughs> I know. hey well why don't we get right into what we did with guns and what we did with guns is brought to you by the calgary shooting center canada's premier firearm retailer and this week we're going to highlight the Steiner Predator LRF 10 by 42 range finding binoculars. They look kind of like that. Aha. Uh-huh. A lot of range finding. Looks... Yeah. A lot of range finding binoculars. Um, like they have an obvious big bulky thing on them for the range finding part. These just look like a set of binoculars. That is Other impressive. Cause I was about to say that they look small for range finding binoculars. Mm-hmm. Steiner. Cool. I bet you these are uh, pricey. Oh, that's not oh, so yeah. bad. Uh, that's not 19, so bad. Yeah. 18, yeah, 1900 bucks. I wonder how far you can range with them. It doesn't say. Uh, uh, it oh. says maximum, maximum 2000 yards. Ooh. Hey, that's <clears throat> more than you need. Good. <laughs> 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 Like even the even the extreme guys are going like fourteen hundred, maybe fifteen hundred, two thousands. Crazy. What? But I guess you would need that uh, uh, a little bit of uh, fudge room in there just in case you're like lazing off something that's not great, right? Because I don't know what two thousand oh, yeah. will get you. If two thousand is to like something that's semi reflective, or or to snow, or some trees, or mm, good point. What that yeah. what that two thousand entails? Yeah. A deer. Yeah. I know. When, with me, I look at the maximum and i basically cut it in half for a realistic target yeah yeah now that said i've got a sig what 2400 or something like that and i can get out to 3000 on like a a big metal thing like a a grain bin or something like that 3000 no problem but uh deer and that kind of thing yeah like a thousand yeah i've my loopholes i've tried them to the max but i haven't gotten them found out where that number is i've tried something like three and a half kilometers wait no okay yeah well when you say 2800 it doesn't do three and a half kilometers so <laughs> you know I, I i uh have a couple of motorcycle license plates and i was thinking about uh, bringing them back but then i was remembering wait a minute that would be a perfect laze target if i wanted to get out like way far right so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep those and use them 
Because yeah. they're they're, they're uh, semi reflective, and yeah. you can hit them pretty easily with uh, a rangefinder. Yeah, they should be pretty good for a rangefinder. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, the cheapest that you go to uh, Princess Auto and you get one of those retro reflector like things that you'd put on the back of a trailer or like a a farm tractor or something like that. Now those things, those yeah. things will reflect everything straight back at you. So those are fantastic for lazing. Yeah. Cool. Just sound fancy. Retro reflector. Yeah. It does sound five dollar piece of plastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just the reflector tape and just paint a piece of cardboard full of it. Reflector tape, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder which <laughs> one gives you the best range. Well, see, I think like some of them they I think don't they reflect the light at different angles? So you almost need to get the aluminum tape so it reflects it straight back. That's a thought. Maybe I should like, do a test. I should do a test with this. I've got, you, I, I yeah. wouldn't be able to do it at a reasonable distance with a SIG because if, if if it's reflective, like I'd have problems hitting it. But I've got a Bushnell that's rated for 600. And on a good day, the best it can do is like 250. Um, mm. I, I'm going to try some of those different tapes and uh, and maybe that'll be like a review. What is go. the best reflective material to use for lasing? Hmm, that'd be interesting. That'd be a cool video. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Adriel, do you want to start us off with what you did in guns and otherwise this week? Well, I didn't do a lot in guns, but I've got like a kind of a topic I want to talk about a little bit just because uh, it's on my mind. So I sold my place. Uh, now I'm trying to buy one. Uh, and I'm wondering like, what kind of features should my gun room have? So I'm going to make a gun room. So that's one of the, one of the things I think I need. So this will be like in the basement or something like that. I'll, uh, you know, ruggedize one of the rooms uh, how does how does the uh, uh, how does the criminal code go? Constructed for the purposes of holding guns, uh, I think is is something similar to. What <laughs> I think it that's says. the technical termination of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very. I'll, I'll put one of those heart locks on the uh, on the on, on the the door there and uh, uh, and call it a day. One of those TSA locks. Yeah. No, nah, probably with a some... little fluff ball hanging from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be my uh, my anti theft. No, I'll probably put like you know steel stuff on the on the door and the door hardware and whatnot. Um, but what else? What else should I put in there? I was a thinking like pinwall, pegwall. Yeah, like a galco. Or I was actually looking at them this week because mm-hmm. doing some thinking. Like there's uh, tactical walls. They make some gun wall stuff and uh, galco walls. Oh, where were some of the others? What's a galco? They sound that... expensive. Is this like something cheap or is this expensive? Because I could do pegboard. I could do the rail uh, thing where you put the, the hook dealios in there and then they stick out. Put your guns uh, on top of there. The tactical walls, I believe, is the pegboard style, but they're metal panels already and they have the hangers. Mm. And actually, that was one thing I was looking at because I really like the galco walls, but they're more of a proprietary hanging system. Mm-hmm. Tactical walls, which I was looking at for a specific reason, uh, they actually have um, a lock that will go on. They have a system to lock your gun on. Now, if you're building an official gun room, you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about that. But in a situation like me where I kind of want to have them out but still be legal, you can have the lock that they lock them to the wall and they don't have a key ring full of keys. You don't have to do a combo. It's well, it's tactical walls. They do all the hidden in-wall stuff and everything, too. Hmm. Looks like, like an RFID at... uh, lock, basically. Let's see. I'm just going to share screen just so people can see what we're what we're looking at and talking about here. 
There's the there's one wall combo. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, yeah, they weren't the pinhole; they were the T slot style. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. I think the T slot doesn't look as ugly. Like the pegboard kind of looks like your dad's workshop kind of a thing. The yeah. the slot ones look a little bit cooler. And that yeah. there, there's something to be said about looking cool, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. My only question mind. with the T slot, well, not mm-hmm. really a question, is you need an end to get your hangers on there, whereas. Like the Galco is more of your uh, pegboard style, but it is a proprietary mm-hmm. style hanger that you get your wall up and okay, you don't fill it. So you can just, as you want to fill it, you can add to it where I just thought of this, that the T slot style, you'd have to slide it in from the end. Mm-hmm. And so if you ever got a new gun and you want to rearrange mm-hmm. it, you're moving stuff around everything. Yeah. Well, and that would like if you daisy chain these things, that would become a real big pain in the ass. If you didn't daisy chain them I and you left left like a little bit of room in between, then it wouldn't be as big yeah. of a deal. Yeah, I would need like maybe a few more of these a... though. I would need probably like four of these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that right now that's a nine gun combo pack. Like both of them have packages Three. that they already have done up. Like I was looking at a very specific section where mm-hmm. I was maybe 24 inches and it's probably 10 feet long. So getting um, very Okay. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah, what looks I so need, sweet. I need bigger panels, bigger panels with more capacity. And I mean, this is, this well, is like how gun safes rate there that like how much they can hold. They can fit nine guns as long as like four or five of them are handguns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rifles, I would check gotta... out the uh, Galco. They have different sizes of panels. Oh, wall gun thing. <laughs> Gallo technology. Gallo. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I Please see. Just please. I see. Yeah, they uh-huh. have a bunch of uh-huh. different panel sizes, and they even uh-huh. have one that's for if you have a forty-five degree slope on your roof, you can mm-hmm. hang the panel, and your gun will stay straight up. Huh. I want a gun room too now. Huh. <laughs> this is the cheapest way to go, right? It's just to build a couple. Like I would, yeah. I wouldn't, I would build this out of wood if I if I was just going to do well, a rack exactly. like that. Yeah, I'd build a couple, couple short ones for for some of the stuff that's not so long, a couple of the, the taller ones for the taller guns that are massive. I like this open area in the middle though, because scopes and whatnot typically are are pretty big. Mm. On the same token, like those, I think those are maybe three quarters of an inch thick. Yeah, but this isn't as cool. Like this, this doesn't display. Like you need no. you need something like that to display the uh, yeah, yeah like guns yeah. on the wall, John Wick kind of a thing. You probably need some accent lighting, maybe some LED strip lighting, like pointing down at them or up. One of the twos. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. When you mm. show off the room, you know, you I have a whole idea for for mine when and if I do it. But yeah, and lighting is part of it. <laughs> it's got <laughs> part of it. <laughs> Not even white. You gotta like have put some blues and reds in there. Oh, absolutely. No, there's, no gonna be, yeah. there's gonna be rim lighting and then <laughs> yeah, down lighting. <laughs> I may have. Wow. 80, I mean, look, like, what do you expect from me if I build one of those? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, this is like. You just need to store a bunch of stuff. That's gun yeah. store right there. That's not me. I'm all my stuff is all weird sizes. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, that's giving me some stuff to think about. So, I mean, that's part of it. Um, 
Peter, Peter Joe's Peter humidifier. Yeah. 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 I would need it's in a basement, so I'd need one of those. But like generally Alberta is pretty dry. I, I have a, a little like silica pack that uh that I use in my safe right now. Well, used in my safe. Um and I, I didn't even need to like bake it off during during the year. It just gets so dry in the winter that it's, it's just fine. Basement would might be different though, right? Uh, Patrick's got the right idea. Gun rooms needs a bar and an entertainment area to hide from wife and kids. Huh. Hmm. Well, <laughs> so um, one of the things I'd like to do is a big long bench on one side for reloading stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that needs to go in the gun room. That might be like outside. No, it does have to be inside because you don't want like kids running around like messing with your powder and powders. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Making their own yeah. rounds that are better than yours and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't Just have that spicy up, rounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that has to go in there too. Mm. You, need, you need your cleaning area. Cleaning with, area. With your yeah. vice yeah. for your scope mounts and all that uh, mm. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would. So uh, one thing I'd like to do is a door lock that isn't stupid. That doesn't take like a long time to open. So um, I was thinking about a combo lock, but now that I was thinking about it, maybe like a fingerprint lock would be f- like, if, is there a good mm. fingerprint lock out there? It's indoor, I, right? Usually the outdoor ones, like pff, you're not going to, they don't work very well. I haven't looked at them much to, to mm. say. I would like a finger because I would just like to be able to go boop and hit it and have the door open. I don't want to plug in anything, use any keys. None of that I scanner. I mean, you could do RFID when have your a key card. RFID to the phone, maybe. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that sounds expensive, though. Well, you're talking mm. about fingerprint technology, too, so... Yeah. <laughs> That's cheap, though. Like, my crappy phone has, like, a fingerprint scanner on it that, yeah. like, works instantly and is great. Huh. Mm. Mike was saying hide it behind a, a bookshelf. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just have a big bookshelf shelf along that wall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's entirely possible. Um... Into the I'm going to be cave. in and out of there a lot, though, because yeah. like with maple seed and whatnot, you got to like pack up guns and, and pay, take them out like mm-hmm. two times a month. So I don't want to I don't want to dick around with a door that's like too heavy because it's got a bunch of books on it or something like that. I'd rather just. Would you do your reviews out of the room or you have gonna, you're going to have a separate. Uh, I think it depends on the room. I think that depends yeah. on the room because I could do a studio very, very well. And that would be that'd be nice. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like the studio needs to be in the gun room so you can have everything behind there. me yeah. yeah yeah hmm instead of this screen <laughs> guns yeah yeah i think so uh oh, downloading with the gun name like they have on high-end cars now <laughs> that sounds fancy yeah where it like you like project like right underneath it what the name yeah. is of it yeah but uh if the, let's let's say that those are like 20 bucks a pop that's going to add up. <laughs> it's going to add up once. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but I, I tend to move my guns a lot. I like, I buy and sell quite a bit. And uh, I would just, ha- I would, I could, I suppose I could recycle them. Right. Oh, it's uh, another yeah. 1022. Okay. Yeah. Put it. <laughs> <laughs> I got another one of those. Oh, Glock. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll have a Glock at some point. <laughs> In the end, this room's going to be more expensive than the rest of the house. So it's going to be, <laughs> Uh, the stuff inside it, yes, and the stuff in <laughs> yeah. contents, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have them all in a camper in a storage unit, like in the movie The Accountant. Oh, that would mm. be interesting. Hmm. Mobile, yeah. hey, 
I'm pretty sure the police would not look kindly on my mobile restricteds. Pretty sure got <laughs> yeah. those. Got to keep those inside a house. But uh, mobile storage, I love it. Yeah, yeah. It would be nice. It would be nice to not have to play Jenga with the guns, trying to get them into the uh, uh, gun safe. Just so because that's my yeah. that's you my know. situation now. Yeah, I have to take out five just to get one. Yeah, and you got to like some pointing up, some pointing down. Like just jiggle them in place, and it's like. You've given up entirely on the the knocks that are supposed to hold. Like, no, that that's not. That's not oh, the notches, yeah, they yeah, they don't hold anything. No, that's <laughs> they're, 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 the gun they're, dec- says, they're decorative. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, gun safe. It says forty gun. Yeah, I might be able to get fifteen in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's pistols. You yeah. can stack lots of yeah. pistols. So, or maybe just shotguns, like pump shotguns yeah. that don't have a charging handle sticking out the side. They're just like nice yeah. and skinny. Go yeah. some going up, some going down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's uh yeah, the uh uh yeah, the market is like surprisingly hot for January right now, so it's hard to uh hard to find something. So William's asking needs a new safe any ideas. I I and... bought a Liberty from Cabela's years ago when I first started getting into this and it has the the electronic uh, keypad, keypad and and it's been good. I changed the battery one time so far and four years i think keypad's and, uh, the only way to go yeah and it's yeah. On it. yeah in terms of getting it open quick that that keypad is so it's a liberty and it's been good it's held up so i was gonna say budget wise the one i've been looking at haven't done it but uh, pv mart carries the kodiaks and they build them like i think it almost looks like it's a basically a cheaper version of the rhino metals so it's got the rivets and everything and i think the their biggest one, which is 40 plus 40, 45 guns, they sell for 1500 bucks. Oh, that is super reasonable. And they look good. They are just hmm. the rough, raw metal, and it looks riveted all along the huh. edges and everything. That is interesting. I've got, uh, like, price wise, one of the safes I've got, and I think this is a while ago, but I think I paid 350 for it. And it's one of the uh, 16 gun safes from Costco. Um, Costco, uh, every once in a while, just locally, they'll, they'll have safes. And uh, that one was 350 bucks. Holds a decent I think that's number the of same guns. one my dad has. Yeah. Yeah. They, some of them are Honeywell. Some of them are First Safety. I don't know. Some other like rando brand name. And uh, it's all right. Doesn't hold my everything I've got. Not even close. I have to use like stack-ons <laughs> and that kind of thing. I think for someone starting out, if you're just starting out, you don't have a lot of money, get one of the stack-ons when they go on sale for 100 bucks from uh, Canadian Tire. And yeah. after you're tired of that one, you'll buy something else. You'll still use it. It's still 100 bucks, yeah. And it's still like when you run out of the space on the next one, you'll start using that stack. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's <laughs> yeah. overflow. You won't yeah. be tossing it out. Well, yeah, if you don't have a lot of guns, you're just starting out. That is a good way to go, yeah. Well, and, and having a safe makes everything so easy because you can put your non-restricted, restricted ammo, like all that stuff doesn't matter as long as it's your your stuff's in a, in a safe properly, right? And yeah. it's not going to stop, stop a thief from, from getting after it. But the thief would have to know, like, I got to bring a crowbar in because I'm going to be, I'm going to see one of these things. I'm going to have to attack it in this way, right? So yeah. if they, if the, if it's someone who knows you stealing from you, they're going to get into it pretty quick. Um, but if they're just some rando, it'll still take them a while. Or they'll just rip it out of the wall or whatever. Get your yeah. your your. That's all. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I'm uh, I'm just trying to get that figured out. Once that's figured out, then uh, 
well, nothing for a while, for like a month, and then uh, and then I can do stuff. I might have stuff. I might have gun stuff in like a month and a half. Yeah, <laughs> month and a half. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's about it for me. How about uh, how about you, Kyle? Uh, not a lot this week. I'm waiting on some stuff and plan on going out to the range this weekend. And Mac, turns out I well depends if they come in in time. I'll be testing out a couple things. I'll be testing out that Gersan and checking okay. out l- low uh, low power loads. I actually mm-hmm. checked. I mentioned it, and the ones I have they are what do they say twenty eight gram loads. So pretty. Who does grams for? Shotguns, your, though they're your ultra light loads, and like how many? Yeah, it's an, and it's a box of Winchester. Hmm. But uh, a buddy of mine, he reached out, and I don't know if you guys have seen, but probably have because Sig's been putting out those ads like crazy. Uh, the Axle uh, ear electronic ear yeah. plugs. Yep. Well, buddy reached out. He was asking. I I didn't like the cord between them. But we got a deal on two of them, two pairs. And so according to FedEx, they were supposed to be delivered today. And we checked the tracking and they left Memphis today. So (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, he texted me. He's like, well, we'll see if they get here on time. Yeah. The stuff from the U.S. is torture trying to follow it to get here. It's like, yeah. Yeah, one of the one of the guys on Discord got one of those. Was that the GS Axle Extreme or something like that? Like, yeah, the Axle GS Extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look like a Bluetooth headset practically, but they (laughs) insulate your ears, I guess, from the sound. Yeah. Anyways, there's a there's a guy on the Discord that got one, Mm -hmm. so you might be able to ask him how he likes it. Well, I got him coming, so I'm gonna test him out. And yeah, the Bluetooth actually really intrigues me Mm -hmm. because it is a pain in the butt when you're at the range and someone calls you and you have to walk away to take your earmuffs or earplugs out just to answer the phone if i could just sit at the bench and answer the phone and talk that'd be kind of cool so i'll be trying those out trying the shotgun out uh start getting ready for for the season trying to figure out confirm my trip down to arizona at the end of march so yeah, that's basically my week. Mo? Uh, for me, not much. That, that, there was no matches, obviously, uh, to talk about. And uh, they, they, in Quebec, they announced that they were gonna, the curfew was going to lift on Monday, I believe. And But no, I don't believe there was anything about indoor sports. But uh, You can go so, to your girlfriend's house then. Yeah. Girlfriend's? Yeah. Yes. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I did make a purchase. So I've had a long love affair with the Type 81. And because uh, when it first, uh, when the first pre order came out, I think it was back in 2018, I believe. Um, I had put in a pre order and then I ended up not waiting for it and I canceled it. So I didn't get it. And then every time there was a new batch that came in, I would always look at them and look at them and look at them and want to order. And then I didn't. So I, and then I always regret after it sold out, I would regret. And then on, uh, on the forums, they'd be selling for way more. But so then a couple of mornings ago, uh, tactical imports sent out an email 
that uh, there was another batch available, and this time I finally, I finally ordered one. So uh, I don't know about shipping yet, but hopefully I'll get it in a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, ended up, I wanted a fold the the folding the folder stock, but uh, I ended up getting the the fixed one, which is fine. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting it. I like I said, I've always wanted one, and I never and, and I didn't end up buying it. So. It was time, uh, and I had a bunch of seven sixty-two by thirty-nine that I had bought in bulk a while ago, and it just was sitting there. So it's time to to use it up. Nice. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, I'll be going to the range in a week, week or two. But um, I use that before the expiry date. Yes. Yeah. Ammo expires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know me about that. You know how I believe in ammo freshness, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. like small batches. Yeah. 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 Just like the coffee <laughs> spots there. Yeah. I like small batches. <laughs> it just doesn't taste as good when it's past its uh, best yeah, yeah. before date. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't smell have that same aroma. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, that's cool. That, so, uh, what did you get with it? Like, um, does it come with a sleigh? I, How many mags? Okay. Does it come so. With? It comes with two mags. I didn't order mm-hmm. any other accessories. I didn't get the drum mag or anything like that. Yeah, um, it's around. so they they were selling. So besides it being a, a, a folder and the fix, they also have what they call the optic ready versions of both, which mm-hmm. are I guess the safety is on the right hand side instead of the left. Oh, and, interesting. And. Um, the optic ready, hopefully somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, comes with the pins already in place. Yeah, so, so the optic if, it replaces the the pins in the in the side there. Yeah. And uh yeah. Oh interesting. Yeah, so I I, I may end up getting uh like a Picatinny rail mount for it and then put a red dot on, but we'll see. But for now I just I just ordered the the rifle. So and uh, I, this, like the original ones, had like a, I said like a blonde kind of color to them, blonde, light yeah, brown, like a light brown, yeah, yeah. And then these ones come more with a a rosewood finish. Oh, okay. so to me it looks nicer, but you know, I like the red to ones. Each, yeah. To each his own. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so um, really, that's that's it for me. So I, I can't wait for the matches to get going. I'm like, I've been watching YouTube videos and I'm itching so bad. So bad. <laughs> so. Yeah. I get a bunch of mags for that type 81, get like some random, like AK pattern, like chest rig, go to your range and like LARP LARP as well, a, uh, I don't know. Be all set to go down to red October or one of those <laughs> AK matches down in the States. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. Can't take that across the border. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh. Can't take Narinkos into the states. They would, they would flip their lid. They would label. They would Ooh. love to see that down there. Like all, all the all the gun guys, the border yeah. guys won't let you through. But Adriel, uh, there are some. There's some get that Chinese were there. SKSs. Right? Nope. So they they cannot. Uh, Narinko cannot export anything to the U.S. And similarly, you can't take a Nork. From there, there's some from before, from before, okay, 94, there are. So, okay, from before yeah. 1994. So, those like type 80 ones, there are a couple of them in the US, but all the um, all the reviews and that kind of thing you've probably seen have probably been like Canadian versions. Hmm. There are some guns that we have here in Canada that they just cannot get in the US. Amazing, right? They're gonna be jealous That's... of us for once. <laughs> it's it's weird too because they're yeah, they are like 
some guys are jealous of like the type 97 and the type 81 and that kind of thing, but it's like, I'm more jealous of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, take an AK I, over that. <laughs> I'm just taking a small win. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, we got to take them when we get them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, get into upcoming events. And upcoming events is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. You go check out uh, telosalpha.com for more information. And for... I was going to say, is that a true story for Mike posted? Yes. That's why it caught my attention. That's why. Sorry about that. No. Mike was mentioning that uh, Renko got caught selling uh, guns directly to LA gangs. I think they were trying to sell them full auto AKs. And they were like, I don't know. Uh, We'll sell you some stuff. If It's up to you if it's legal there. And they're just like straight up gangs. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. Yeah. Ah, you know, the U.S. should have just been like, sorry, I guess we shouldn't let the gangs buy full auto straight <laughs> from you. We probably yeah. would have stopped them. Yeah. They just Maybe we need to check more shipments. Yeah. yeah. But that was in 94. Like, I, I can't yeah. imagine they do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they could forgive, right? Forgive now it's no, now it's just protectionism, right? Just yeah. like, uh, oh. just like the motorcycle thing. And, and yeah. yeah, I bet you the people searching and Knowing that the Norinco stuff can't come in, they don't even know why. They're just no Norinco's are banned. They're period. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I never heard that story. That's cool. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Okay, for our first event, Tactics Basic Rifle and Pistol Course, Saturday, January 29th, nine to four at the Gravenhurst Revolver and Pistol Club in Gravenhurst, Ontario. Cost is two hundred thirty dollars. Register at info at Tactics group dot inc or tactics group inc.com and information can be found on their facebook page and just so everyone knows tactics is with an x not cks link to facebook right now ah, Sounds there we go uh that link to tactical shotgun mania challenge august 26th 28th Details are on practice score or reach out to me if you have any questions, but basically just go register. And then there's a two gun winter brutality and night shoot in Quinell on March 5th. And details are on practice score for that one as well. Uh, Lady day, ladies days. Kelly, AKA the CC CCFR women's division is looking to sp- support slash sponsor ladies day events at your range. This is a range driven initiative, but if you'd like sponsorship and support contact Kelly at info at slamfireradio.com or info at firearmsrights.ca. That's a great idea. That's our so, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, you do a range side- day? yeah. So mm-hmm. you like, if, if you have a range and you're like, yeah, we want to do a ladies day. You just contact Kelly. So we did one at uh, at Chaz, and it was like they thought of everything. So you could do your own event and like try to fumble along with it, or you take their event in a box and you run with that. You get the sponsorship, and uh, it just makes it, it makes it way easier. Yeah, it's all pre thought out. Yeah, nice. Hmm. Um, I would add that I've been seeing like we haven't listed them here, but whatever you shoot, dates are dates are coming out. I know. 
CNSCA is starting to fill up their camera or calendar with dates throughout the year. Uh, I know Chaz to the membership has put out dates. I don't know if it's been publicly put out yet for three gun or for, yeah, yeah, yeah Chaz three gun. Yeah. Um, they've even put maple seed dates up on there. Maple <laughs> seed. I think you'll start to see events getting published for registration in uh, November. We're not going to publish them too early just because there's no point with, uh, with COVID restrictions uh, coming and going kind of a thing. So yeah. those will come like months before the event kind of a thing. February, yeah. February. But whatever your chosen event and where you are, just have a look around. Cause I know dates are starting to get posted, posted up everywhere. Yep. Shooting sports are awesome. Get out there. Yep. Move on to the news. And we don't really have any, news this week looks like uh Maybe. next week is shot show so there's gonna be yeah. some news next week yeah yeah that'd be interesting yeah. yeah i know just seeing memes and whatnot it sounds like uh, magpoles dropping a bunch of stuff just new products cool. almost every day kind of thing but cool. i haven't i would be honest yeah. i haven't looked at any of them but mm-hmm. yeah but <clears throat> shot show next week so that's always exciting yeah. Uh, CCFR legal fund donations. We got Rock Cut Shooting Club with five grand and wow. Prince George Rod and Gun Club with a grand. Very so nice. Thank you to those clubs for donating. And if you're looking for a way to help the CCFR fund the massive and upcoming court battle, and it is rapidly approaching, beginning of April is when we actually get to step in and see what we're looking at but uh just goes to say now is more is more important than ever become a member donate to the legal fund by sending an emt to finance at firearmsrights.ca or stop by the website and donate to win a cool neon sign for the man cave or lady lair every ten dollars from your donation using this link gets you an entry uh i think it's if you just donate on there is it not yeah yeah. yeah, they'll have a link right on the website. Just go there, donate, get entered for a sign. Their signs are pretty good quality. I rather like mine. Register Fine. your calendars if you got one too. <laughs> yeah, regi- it's a new year, so register your calendar. Or or don't. I'd like a better chance to win something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one day, one day I'll get my calendar too. So then, I'll, have I'll you not it. gotten yours yet? No. <laughs> wow! Mailman took it. It's still twenty at uh, twenty twenty one here. So, <laughs> <laughs> are you sure it's twenty twenty one and not another year? Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. I like that. <laughs> Oh, Russ just added something. Uh, National Range Day CCFR for all clubs. Uh, just so you know, Russ, right now the link didn't transfer with StreamYard, but uh, I imagine they got that posted on their website. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, you want to get into new gun stuff? You bet. Oh, sure. Russ said June 4th. June 4th is National Range Day for CCFR. Cool. So you can check that out and see how to get involved. You know, get your range involved or whatever. So 
new gun stuff. New Gun Stuff is sponsored by Bolt Action Coffee, and we've been an ambassador for them for a little bit now. And the coffee is roasted in small batches, and it's quite honestly some of the best coffee you can get your hands on. You can send it to your house by going to boltactioncoffee.com and use code SLAMFIRE. And I, it's a good reminder because I need to go put an order in and get some shipped to my house. Yeah, And remember, coffee like ammo is better in small batches. No, I order my coffee in big batches so I don't have to order so frequently. I order yeah. my ammo in big batches because I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm lazy. I don't like sitting there making more. So, yeah, big batches. Big batches. Big batches. <laughs> uh, so, all right, let's get some new gun stuff going here. Let's get, not that window, that one. Tactical Imports brought in some Type 81s, I heard. Um, oh, really? They're all really? sold out. Yeah. I have oh. to go order one. I'll be back. Sold out. <laughs> sold out. Uh, this one says SE or fixed, but I'm pretty sure these are sold out too. No, that's the only one that's available right now. This is the only one that's available right now. Yes. Hmm. That is a all nice right. color though. Yeah, that kind, of a, kind of a red color on the stock there. Yeah. Yeah. Does look pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that SKSs are like 500 bucks, these are a lot more tempting. Because when SKSs were like a $200, like 762 by 39 with five round mag, like, uh, this is just like, okay, it, it's an AK. Uh, but now with SKSs at 500 and these things at just over a thousand, that's. That's not feeling so bad. That's looking all yeah. right. And we don't have the VZs anymore. And then the mm-hmm. M10X seems to not have the best reputation. Oh, there's but... on Reddit. I saw some guy with uh, a broken bolt uh, from one of those just recently. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, and, you know, like that's, that's what 19, 19 to 2100, depending on who's selling it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's an expensive gun to have that issue. Yep. Uh, the next one is uh, Danger Noodle Slayers are in stock at uh, Wolverine. Uh, that's a snake slayer. They're they're the hmm. the Bond Arms uh, three fifty seven thirty eight. Um, if their picture was there, it would look like oh, it's just a little Derringer, but it's actually humongous, and uh, it just <laughs> looks like a little gun. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, four and a quarter inch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it looks small, but it's yeah. not. I'll just I'll, I'll pull up a picture here just so people can get an idea. But yeah, you, you see the image and you're like, oh yeah, it's like one of those little derringers. But then it's like, oh actually, no, yeah, it's humongous. It <laughs> 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 it's basically a an over under handgun. <laughs> Would it fit in a man purse? Uh, it depends how big your man purse is, I guess. <laughs> I think in the U.S., the idea is you use those, use those for snakes and that kind of thing, right? You just like carry it around, and uh, it's a, just a basic gun for for snakes and whatnot. Maybe you can get that uh, the thirty-eight shot or the three fifty-seven shot shell uh, style. Shoot a snake with mm-hmm. that. I don't know. I guess it, it could it could be used for that stuff. Yeah. I did. I did, I really didn't like the grip on uh, on these. I don't like the grip on any revolver, and I don't like the grip on the uh, snake slayer either. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty small. <clears throat> uh, the next one I have here, I, I saw a note. Um, I don't have any details. The Springfield Hellion. Mm. It looks like they took a a rifle and they bullpupped it. They bullpupped yep. some like some kind of rifle. 
Uh, this has got to be like one of those Croatian because Springfield brings in stuff from Croatia. That's that's the uh, XD uh, is a Croatian gun that they that they bring in. Uh, this must be something similar. Kind of has like some Keltecy vibes to it. Like yeah, the, I was uh, gonna say it's like I, a K- KDB and a KSG had a baby or something. Like it's kind yeah. of <laughs> yeah. I kind of wanted to say that myself. <laughs> I was just thinking that like, could be used for a Keltec. Yeah, a lot of space at the back here. Like the Keltec has some space right here, but that's because for, on the RDB, it's, it drops the the cases down there. The sun just drops the cases over there. As I say, this has a leg up on the Keltec in that it looks like you could actually check your chamber. Yep. Ah, Mike was okay. asking, did the FAMAS pattern expire? <laughs> Is this a FAMAS clone? <laughs> that would be neat. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't have any details. Like this, I saw this just before the show. And uh, I think I've. I th- I think I've seen that because like that uh, William's asking about that charging handle. I think that's a rotating charge handle. You can actually rotate it to either side. Yeah. Like the RDB. Okay. Yeah. Just like the RDB. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe that's where I saw it from. <laughs> All these people who have been wanting the VHS two are finally going to get their chance. Okay. So this is a, this is another gun that Springfield is, is importing. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. VHS two rifle. HS product. Yes, that's who makes them. Oh, it does look like a FAMAS. Croatian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Externally quite similar to the FAMAS. However, the difference between the production model that followed in the 2004 prototypes more than 90%. So they changed a bunch of the parts, but it looks like from Wikipedia here, it looks like, yeah, they, they took a FAMAS and they're like, let's just make another one of these, but not pay the licensing fees. Mm. Neat. wonder if we'll get those up here. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. And then SIG is releasing their MCX Spear rifle uh, to the U.S. market. Uh, this also just, I just noticed this today. Uh yeah, released January 13th. So I don't know if this is uh, AR compatible or if it's going to come in as not an AR, but uh, this is their fancy, like, next AR, next-gen AR kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Multi-caliber, chambered in 277 Fury. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather have something in 5.56 just because I have a lot of it. It's cheap. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I guess you could hunt with this. You could hunt with that. Yeah. Commercial yeah, variant of the 6.8 by 51. Ah, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go hunting with that thing. Hmm. Uh, cool. It's that probably going to cost like a fortune, ma- though. And that I imagine that won't make it to Canada. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Guys, you can't have no in your heart. You got to just believe. Believe. If I believe, I end up in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it could be good. It could be good. It might be good. Oh, I have no doubt. I mean, SIG makes good stuff. I have no doubt it's good. It's got that side. That looks like a... uh, It does look like a... ...charging handle on the side there, kind of like the ATRS has. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does look like that bunch of buttons that uh, are really close to each other it's kind of annoying but uh, whatever <laughs> could be ambi mag drop uh probably Almost looks like yep yeah that's what that'll be 
I don't, I don't like the ambi mag drops because they're like, I, I get real rammy when I'm in, co- in competition and I don't like having buttons close <laughs> to each other. So like this button being that close, like if I ram that magazine in, I don't want to immediately drop the magazine because I slapped at the, the ping pong paddle and accidentally hit the, uh, the magazine release. Mm. <laughs> and that yeah. could happen because again, I get rammy <laughs> folding stock. It's got a big old butt on it though. Yeah. Some guys like that. I do. <laughs> right. Oh, wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> Sorry, I got sidetracked. I apologize. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It looks neat. Uh, looks, uh, looks like it's, um, that's not a very trim four end. So I'd imagine that's gas, uh, to piston. So it's probably got a piston. Wow, what's going that on does. There? Yeah. What's going on with this bit over here and this bit over here. I see a piston right there. So you could tap off there, but what's going on right there? That's a big gas block. If we're whatever's tall. going on there. Like. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, I mean, that's neat. Yeah, absolutely. You can't reload 277 SIG due to bimetal cases. Oh, bimetal cases. That's so is it cheap? No, it's not going to be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I buy like steel case 556. It's like, oh, I can't reload the steel case. I don't care. It's less than 50 cents around, but uh, I think 277 SIG would, would not be uh, inexpensive ammunition. Probably want yeah. some brass stuff for that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Oh, we're uh, 15 minutes before our main just, topic. Just yes. Keep going and yeah. Let's just keep going, and then we'll we'll pop back to the main yeah. topic once the guys pop on. Cool. So we'll uh, move on to listener feedback. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. And you can also find him on Facebook and Instagram. And emails. We actually got a couple emails this week. That's what we do. Uh, Adriel, do you mind taking the first one? Sure. Hello, Adriel and the Slamfire team. I'm having a really difficult time determining the appropriate optic for the VZ-58. With your extensive experience, could you make some hard suggestions which will be effective for the caliber and rifle? Also, could you point out where you favor the optic placement to be? Either forward on the receiver, similar to a scout scope uh, placement, or on the rear portion of the receiver cover. I'm leaning towards the loophole VXR 2-7x33, or a scout scope such as the Burris or other traditional LVPO 1-6 magnification. Cheers. I assume that this listener is in the U.S. Uh, to be using the, the VZ-58, because in Canada, those are all prohib now. Um, I never scoped mine. Uh, I it had one. Um, I've never scoped one. Uh, in terms of placement for Red Dot, I like to place my Red Dot like way up, way up front if I can. Uh, because I like to not have something in my face and be able to, to get that peripheral vision going. Um, and like the dots going to be the same size. You would think like some guys, um, some guys like the, the dot closer so that they can hunt for the dot and find it very easily. But if, if farther out, all you need, you just need to like mount the gun the same way every time and you'll see the dot. No problem. It's way easier than like trying to get a pistol dot and like try to find it. Depends on the size of the dot too. 
Because if you mm-hmm. happen to say have a LCO or one of the Hueys, that's a big body red yeah. dot versus a Delta Point Pro or Razor or the what? What's the Venom? The v- yep. Vortex's Vortex is red yeah. dot. Yeah, yeah, they got a Venom. Um, one of those smaller frame ones, like one of those f- smaller frame ones, I'd be more inclined to put a little bit closer so that that yeah. window is just a little bit bigger. Um, I mean, he's asking about LPVO. I may be a little bit biased, but in my mind, you can't go wrong with Leupold. You're looking at the VXR 2 to 7. I mean, it's a budget scope, but it's still going to be qual- a quality scope for sure. I like a 2 to 7. I mean, the, yeah. the 1 to 6s and that kind of thing, those are good for like action shooting. So uh, I guess it depends on, on what you want to do with that rifle. If you want to hunt with it or target shoot with it, more magnification. Like a 2 to 7 would yeah. be great. Nice. The nice thing about a 2 to 7 is that they can sit a little bit lower than a typical 3 to 9 by 40 because your objective is is, uh, is about the same size as your eyepiece, um, which is on a rifle like this and a mount like that would be pertinent. And you want it to stay as low as possible because you are going to have to run some sort of cheek rest or uh, cheek riser to uh, to get the correct uh, cheek weld on that thing. Um, that's another reason, I guess, why the, the red dot would be nice because you can mount a red dot really low, lower than you can get a, yeah. even a 2 to 7 scope. And then as far as like the, the scout style... Um, I can't say I'm a fan. I've tried them a couple of times. They're okay. They work, but like they're never as good as a regular scope. And unlike a red dot, like with a scope that that magnification, I would rather have more field of view so that if if I'm scoping on a target or a deer or something like that, I've got more to look at and I can spot the deer Um, with like um, with a lot of the forward mount scout scopes. You have to like you have to basically address the rifle and the scope on the deer right off the hop. Otherwise, you can't hmm. see it unless you let's say you zoom out. So they gotcha. don't have great field of view, right? Right. Okay. Well, hopefully that that helps you out, uh, Dario. Mo, you want to take the next one? Sure will. Hi, guys and gal. I got my CCFR Gunny Girl calendar. Hopefully, Mo got his by now. Didn't <laughs> uh, I want? I wanted a CCFR oil cloth cap as well and was planning to order one with the calendar but it seems one of the hosts who likes hats bought the last one sad face i wonder who that is it was great to have zach from armalytics on it's no surprise the current government wouldn't want to release the frt they don't want you to know when you're breaking the law they can't then send send the national police to arrest any undesirables when it suits them that's how a dictatorship operates the exemptions for prohibited pistols are for ISSF competition. I would agree that all sporting equipment would be exempt. I'm not sure if you would want your sport to be in the Olympics. There are so many competing sports now, you would have to bump another out to get a spot. And being in the Olympics comes with many regulations and nasty politics. Yes, it's unfortunate, but even the Olympics aren't immune to politics. I was wondering if Adriel was going to publish his epic 22LR accuracy test. He said he likes to shoot with a purpose. I'm, I'm of the opinion that shooting for small groups is a worthy purpose. If he doesn't enjoy the task, he could have outsourced it. I'm sure there would be plenty of takers if he supplied the ammo and rifles. As for calculating group sizes, there are apps that can do that for you by taking a picture of your target. Keep up the good work. Uh, keep up the good fight and. Keep can't wait to watch the next podcast, Edmund. Good letter. 
Maybe I'll do that while I'm waiting to like move, finish that fi- that thing finally off. Yeah. <laughs> it's gigantic. There's like, I can't remember, 6,000 rounds or something like that through yeah. it and you know, all sorts oh. of stuff. Your bolt actions, reloading. Just take your, take your spreadsheet, post it up there for people to just go through. Take a look at <laughs> Oh, I put a spreadsheet up of uh, AR-15 part compatibility with 180s and I put, I added it to oh. the, uh, uh, to my uh, wide world of 180s blog post on my website. Uh, so if you're interested in like wh- what the differences are between some of the different rifles or lowers uh, in terms of compatibility, I pop that all in there. Uh, nice. I like, will be looking at that because I'm trying, well, I should have said it during what we did in guns, but I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for a rifle this year because well, the, the R18 looks like the gamer choice. It's very new though and like you'd have to take that into consideration uh, the Sterling mm. R18. Cause that one has um, a, a bolt release. That's like trigger finger, like the BCL one two had, which is a problem on the WK. Cause on the WKs, you generally you're popping your mag in and you're hitting the, the charging handle. Yeah. Uh, it has a non-reciprocating charging handle, which doesn't really matter. Um, trying to think of what else it has. Are they available? The R18s? Yes. They just became available. I, did I mention that last week or was that this week? I, I missed Maybe yeah, I missed yeah, that I, this, this is week. the first I'm hearing about the R18 personally. Well, they were a pre-production model for a while and they were on CGN. Oh, um, okay. And it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe it'll come out in like six months or something like that. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, they have them at the shooting edge. <laughs> they, they had like 10 of them or something like that. What's so, the uh, receiver width like? Um, are you asking about like the uh, pins, like the trigger pins and that kind of thing? I believe they're AR-15 yeah. trigger pin length rather than the AR-180 trigger pin, le- pin length. So nice. you could use uh, your anti-rotation, anti-walk pins. What about... I? You know what? I'm going to go look at the article for these answers. <laughs> I have these answers in the article with some tables <laughs> and all sorts of stuff in there. Because yeah. otherwise, tables? I'll just sit here and just keep asking. Uh, you can just tables. tell me the whole article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no, uh, the... sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah. Um, was... Go ahead, Mo. Oh, I was just going to say, Russ made a good suggestion that I should uh, tour local post office to see if my calendar's hanging in one of them. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> you stole your, my calendar. I'm your really interested. Check their, their van. <laughs> yeah. I'm really interested on how mail processing goes. Could I get a yeah. tour on how you guys yeah. do things uh, here? Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> that would oh, be something. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. I mean, the yeah. I'll, I'll, I will get around to publishing that twenty-two LR uh, accuracy. As, as far as the uh, getting in the Olympics, I would like a little bit more coverage. I wouldn't mind if like shooting sports got more coverage um, at any way, because like yeah. uh, I guess biathlon gets a little bit of coverage. But um, imagine if like um, they had some IPSC matches in uh, uh, in the Olympics. Like that would be completely <laughs> different. That like like. Um, the thing I like about Ipsic is that it's very obviously a sport. The guys yeah. are wearing jerseys. It's all flashy. It's not like combat training or anything like True. that. When you see guys shooting, it's like, nah, they're, this isn't combat stuff. So camel's not even allowed. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that uh, seeing something that like that on, at the Olympics, people would be like, Whoa, can you do that? Can I do that in my country? There's people yeah. from my country that are shooting this. Can I do that where I am right now? 
and that's yeah. Nice. Everyone that's not into into guns that I talk to, they're always mm-hmm. really surprised, and I explain it to them, and they think they think it's the coolest thing. But mm-hmm. you know, most people don't know about it, right? It's not. Yeah. Well, something something kind of related to to getting more people into the shooting sports as well. I think I shared with you guys. I, th- I think I saw I saw someone on practice score where they were promoting their PAL licenses uh, courses through practice score, um, and and doing the payments through there. And the okay. thing I like about that is everyone who's getting a PAL license through that guy uh, is also getting a practice score account. Yep. It's, it's, and it's practically getting... he's practically shoving them into yeah. competitive yeah. shooting. Yeah. Here's your license. Here's your door to sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got their orientation to practice score. So when we say, Oh, it's on practice score, they've already, Oh, practice score. I okay. I know is. how to search for it already. My, and my credit card's already in there. I already had yeah. to pay through there. Yeah. That's not yeah. a big deal. Uh, or, um, okay. What is this practical practice score thing? I wonder what's in my area. Oh, look at this three gun, Ipsic, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Right. It's, yeah. uh, a gateway to shooting it. sports. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah, we should do that for more stuff. We should use Practice Score to f- get people to sign up for like uh, more like range open days and that kind of a thing. More events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a there's a ton of people at the range who go to the range, shoot their thirty odd six a couple of times, and then go home, and that's like that's it for the year. Or maybe they take yeah. out their handgun once a year. But mostly their handgun just sits and collects dust in their safe, right? Mm-hmm. So getting getting some of those guys, the the untapped uh, market of uh, of gun owners who just don't do a lot, to take it up as a hobby would be uh, be fantastic as well. Yeah, in theory, the more they do, the more they care, the more you know. Yeah, I think like proactive they are once in a while that uh, don't really care. They're like, ah, I heard they're going to ban assault rifles. I don't have any, so I don't really care. Yeah, and yeah. and. They wouldn't say that if they were a competitive shooter for pistol because they'd be like, oh, I don't have an assault rifle, but I have a pistol. And I know that once those guys are gone, I'm next. Yeah. They're not that invested, right? They're not that committed to the. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be cool to get more of those guys, more of the guys at the range who just come once a year to uh, competition shoot. Yeah. 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 Competition shooting is awesome. I can't see anybody not liking it. Yes, there's a cost, and you know, like the the ammo cost. And, oh yeah, yeah, and and, yeah. and I, I think I said that on past shows. That for me, that was because I was still new, fairly new to guns, and going to a match, and and you know, the whole you know, do it at the safety table, and you can't have ammo there, and you can't get disqualified, and and strapping up, and then getting called to the line, and you know, everybody's kind of yeah. sitting back, and you're being not necessarily watched, but you know, the kind of the spotlights on you at that moment, so. But then it goes away after a couple of matches, it starts to go away, right? So, well, it can be overwhelming for sure, especially with something like Ipsic, where it is very rule heavy. And at every turn, you're looking and, oh, I could get DQ'd for this. I can get DQ'd for this. I can get DQ'd for this. It can be definitely overwhelming. I had that in my first two matches. I had that in my head the whole time. It's like, don't do anything. Don't do anything to get DQ'd. Do not do anything to get DQ'd. I think think Ipsic's a, a, a good one, though, because. You would, uh, you're signing up for a training course. You do the training course first. Once you're done the training course, then you go to the matches. Like just going to a match, just bare bones. Like, do I, should I be in a competition? Am I good enough to be in a competition? Well, that's not really the point. The people don't understand, like, no, you're not actually there to get number one. You're there to like have fun and and do the match, right? If you don't get number one, that's fine. You still have fun. And if you're brand new, make sure everybody knows it because everybody's going to help you. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. 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 I think they just, they just need to, but I mean, getting the practice score uh, registration right off the hop is, uh, is fantastic. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, are we ready to talk about uh, starting a multi-gun league? We sure um, are. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> See? Hello. There. Hello. Hi, everyone. How are you? Good. Good. I managed to uh, almost get to the house without my car getting stuck. So, you know, it's a good start to the evening. It's only in one you know, pit of snow now. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, joining us tonight is uh, uh, Quinnell Gun, uh, Rod and Gun Club. So maybe just uh, start us off with uh, letting us know um, who you are and uh, what you're all about. Sure. So I'm Tom. I'm the two gun director at Quinnell Rod and Gun Club. Jared, who'll be joining us shortly, uh, is working with me on all of the two gun, three gun, SAR style of shooting within the club. At the club, um, we've basically been doing it for a year, a little more than that. Um, predominantly two-gun, not so much free-gun. And we've just been building up our capability from a very basic sort of few barrels and a bit of netting all the way up to oof, vehicles, swinging platforms and all the good stuff on top of that. Um, we try to because we're not in the biggest city on the planet make it as open and available to everyone. So we make sure that half our shoots are 22 PCC friendly. Um, If you're not as physically capable as you'd like to be, so you've got a dodgy knee and you can't kneel to shoot for a certain section, who cares? Just enjoy yourself, stand up and shoot it. And it's very much a do it at your own pace. If you can do it safely up fast, good. If you want to walk it and it's your first time, no dramas whatsoever. And, uh, yeah, we've grown from six local shooters the first time we did it to pushing 30 now with people coming all the way from Vancouver Island. Nice. And speaking of Jared, here he is. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I just did a quick intro on the club, the sort of ethic we take towards the shooting. Uh, Yeah, any ability, growing from six to 30 people and the sort of complexity of the stages that we've grown for awesome yeah sorry i'm late guys got uh, kept late at work <laughs> yeah no worries um maybe t- tell us a little bit about the quinell uh, uh rod and gun club so like how many ranges do you guys have what's the what's what's the range like mega in a word we've got a 500 meter range 100 meter range with three 50 meter bays behind it mm-hmm. um we've got a 25 meter range three additional 15 to 25 meter pistol bays, a trap, uh, a trap, yeah, trap and skeet range, 25 meter heated indoor range, and we're building a 730 meter range. Nice. Sounds like yeah. eight, eight bays or something like that. How many stages are you guys typically running at your matches? Um, at a match, we'll do anything between three and seven. Uh, but at a typical two-gun shoot, you know, we do a fun shoot once a month on the first mm-hmm. Saturday, and we typically run between two and, if we're feeling big, then four uh, stages at that, and we typically pull in between about ten and twenty people for that. Awesome. So, uh, how how the uh, how the club start or how the league start? Um, me. So, 
I emigrated from the UK to Canada. Uh, I'm ex-infantry, ex-combat engineer, and also in my private life. That was my small job. Main job was in the defense sector. Um, I loved my shooting. I used to do practical shotgun shooting in the UK. And uh, obviously, semi-auto centerfire isn't really the biggest thing over there. And uh, so I came here, saw the opportunity to use pistols and rifles and wanted to do it. So I basically got thrown under the bus at the first general meeting of our club when someone just went, he'll do it, and pointed at me and I became the director. (laughs) And it sort of just went from there, basically. A couple shoots in, Jared joined me and started helping out. And we've just been doing it as a duo since with help from a pretty cool team. Um, What I want to do is make as open and inclusive a form of two-gun as possible while sticking to the core challenges of two-gun. To me, it's it's not about just shooting 100 meters really fast. We've got the ranges to be able to make shooters engage targets out to 350, 400 meters if we want to. And uh, I really enjoy that because I think it's there's a lot of marksmanship, which doesn't always come into play when you're stuck to 100 to 200 meters. That begins to show itself at the three to 400 meter range. Um, but as I said, wanted to get as many people involved as I could. And so hence the sort of anyone can do it at, at a safe pace philosophy. Mm. And how do you uh, how do you uh, kind of build up support within the within the club? It was was, it all, was it already there where they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we want to do this. We've been watching some forgotten yeah. weapons. Can you just like do that? Is was that was that, was that kind of how it came about? I had a lot of support from some of the senior from the senior membership of the club, the senior directors and head of the club. That was fantastic. Um, They were behind me from the go. Um, But it was not just about having the support. It's got to be a two-way road. So you've got to be open, transparent, show what you're intending to do, involve people, say, hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing. What's your thoughts on that? And just having that open relationship meant that a lot happened. You know, as a relative newcomer to a smallish town club, um, getting things going really meant just being friendly, open, and asking for help, you know, getting people's opinions and uh, getting them involved. Um, We were also pretty lucky with equipment. Um, A lot of the equipment was already there. Uh, The Western guys had a bunch of walls and stuff already built up, so we just used those. And um, we just got a bunch of popper targets from Ipsic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, that's that's the other big thing because yeah. typically, if you're going to start yeah. a three gun club, there's a lot of cost and steel. Yeah. You got to got to spend like we well, could start with cardboard, but typically, to shoot the fun stuff, you gotta you gotta blow like eh, ten grand on on steel targets. So it's nice that you're yeah. able to use some of the uh, some of the Ipsic stuff and uh, some of the cowboy action stuff as well. Uh, I guess you guys have like a lot. Um, many dollars. I'm not sure we should say. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how much steel costs and, yeah. and good steel targets are expensive, like the reliable, durable yeah. stuff. And yeah, it's the, the thing we learned was do not cheap out. I mean, range equipment gets used and abused big time. You can put a big sign saying don't shoot 300 wind mag at five meters on that steel target. Someone <laughs> will find a way. Um, so... <laughs> yeah. We insisted on five eighths 
uh, I think it was half to five eighths inch AR500 right from the get go because I just knew some they were going to get shot at less than 100 meters. That was just going to happen. Um, so I thought, why, you know, why spend, say, I don't know, like a thousand dollars on a thing if it's just going to get ruined? Spend the extra two hundred dollars. Um, but yeah, equipment-wise, all the other disciplines were awesome to us. Um, mm-hmm. We've uh, over the last year or so much more of a shared sharing of equipment is something I've seen. Um, one thing I would say that would help a lot of clubs is actually knowing what they have. Um, you know, one of the first things I did, you know, again, with the kindness of another director was go from shared to shared, actually learning what we had uh, and making a full written, you know, X, Y, Z of, you know, each item, mm-hmm. um, and central storage would help so much with so many clubs on that. Cause I imagine a lot of clubs are pretty distributed uh, sometimes and just hauling steel. Not everyone's up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, we had support all the way and it's only grown uh, since we started. Basically, I think people were a little nervous. Some people mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. misconceptions um, over what two gun was. And I'm sure you guys have come across things like that before. Um, and it was, it was more about just saying, uh, just actually inviting. Like if a director wasn't clear or if just anyone wasn't clear, then it's, hey, come down. Come down and have a look at it. And, uh, you know, people are always happy. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. That's that's one thing I like at at Chaz is uh, if people show up and they're like, oh, I didn't know that there was three gun. It's like, well, don't turn around and just go home. Come watch this and check it out. And uh, and for some people, they're like, oh, oh, yeah. I want to do this. Like, yeah, see, yeah. see what you're oh. missing, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been shooting yeah. my pistol at the fifty like a chump, just like from the bench, just shooting boring stuff all over again. Like, I want to run around with my pistol. That looks fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So one thing which really helped people get involved was having a rental semi-auto centerfire and pistol. Hmm. Um, I lent out my WK and my CZ Shadow 2, and I just said $10 per person per day, and the money goes to the club. So there's no sort of uh, you know, hidden benefits for me there, if you see what I mean. It was just Here's a gun. It's got an optic, a light, an upgraded trigger in all the magazines. You can use my belt kit if you need to, and the same with the pistol. And it just put people in a position where they could just turn up with their ammo instead mm. of dropping. I mean, you could drop 5K easily to start two gun if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, well, not everyone can. <laughs> exactly, and that's the point. <laughs> a, yeah. a lot of our shooters started out with just a pistol or just a rifle. Mm. Um, they showed up and shot a couple shoots and then went and bought their own WK. Oh yeah. There was some serious vapor trails to our nearest gun shop after, a, you know, some guys tried WSMCRs and WKs. Um, six, six WKs, I think in the first couple months. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> just in our group. Yeah. Our local shops sold, I think they've probably sold a good hundred plus since, uh, since it became a thing. Yeah. Um, for a town of 20,000. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad. They must Thanks. love you guys, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, that was a, they've helped, you know, getting good rates, yeah. going to our local shop, like, uh, you know, Frank's Supermarket. They help out by giving us discounted rates on the cost of glow sticks. You know, it's a small thing, but when you, you're running a night shoot and you've got a glow stick on the front and the back of every person who attends, that yeah. cost adds up pretty quickly. Um, 
just all sorts of stuff like that. It just that really helped. Uh, tell, yeah. tell us more about the the night shoots. Oh, they're That's awesome! Piqued my curiosity. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you have my interest. <laughs> so the first response people normally give is, "I thought you couldn't shoot at nighttime." Yeah, yeah. Nope. yeah. <laughs> the regulations specify you cannot hunt between certain times, which typically I think it's one hour before and after sunrise, sunset, something. Yeah, um, but that does not apply to full metal jacket you know, shooting at steel targets on a designated range. Um, and if it does, then there's a few RCMP officers we've got on video, so it's all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think it, it, it's primarily like your neighbors and uh, and that kind of thing. But if your range is in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. I mean, we checked at I, uh, I think in Abbotsford does night shoots. They've got some great illumination for their nighttime shooting. Um, and I had a chat with uh, I think it may have been their club president. And just talked it through with him first. Again, just using the experience of others. And um, yeah, we again we started small. We uh, bought a bunch of LEDs and a car battery. Uh, so we had some strobe lights. Um, mm-hmm. You know those road LED flares. Um, you know, it's battery powered flare instead of a burning yeah. one. Setting those out in front of a white painted target means that at nighttime you've got a slightly orangey red strobe effect target at 200 meters mm. that is a challenge everyone thinks their gear is solid right up until the point where they find out that smokeless powder ain't either you get that big cloud of smoke in front of you with a strobe light and your iron sights aren't at you they're not night sights yeah i was struggling to hit. i think it was a full-size silhouette target at about 10 15 meters uh you know it hits you pretty quickly uh, and how how dark are the targets that are close to you? Like, do you need a gun light to be able to properly uh, make your shots, or, or are they, is everything pretty much illuminated? Well, this, this is, again, kind of why we try to limit the amount of equipment that people need. So we had a car set up um, with bought, uh, the supplier of LED lights to the RCMP. We got in touch with them. This may not just be the RCMP, but they gave us um, a bunch of kit at cost. Um, nice. And so we built our own sort of red and blue strobe lights. It was, you know, if it had other colors, we'd have gone with other, other colors. It's just what they had. But um, that was good enough to illuminate targets, I think probably within 50 meters. Yeah, so yeah 50 plus. Yeah. I wouldn't say to make a good shot at 100, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, so that really helped. Like I said, the LED flares helped. So you didn't necessarily need to have your own mm-hmm. weapon light or... You know, night vision goggles, but if you turned up with it, that'd be pretty cool. Mm. Um, we do mix things up. So sometimes we have targets that are not illuminated so that if you do have a weapon light, uh, you know, you get the full use out of it because it's not a big bright thing for you to shoot at. Um, or if you've got night vision goggles, you actually have to find that target yourself. Um, so that just mixes things up a little bit. Safety-wise, uh, we do have a specific safety brief for nighttime activities. Uh, small things like just having a different color glow stick for your first aid or trauma kit. Yeah, that helps. And just running through things slowly. Um, yeah, that helped. And we always run through um, daytime or nighttime. We always run through our stages before we let anyone else actually come to them uh, so that we can identify safety issues. Um, yeah, we'll go for it dry 
and then mm-hmm. we'll go through it with likely a live and uh, just ID all the safety issues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can't proof it out. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. I've I've been watching. There's a YouTube channel on called uh, Hoplop File or something oh, like that. Yeah. And he's he's really into the night vision stuff, and it's super cool. Like as a guy who's like really into gadgets, like oh baby, mm-hmm. like watching all that stuff is so good. But I can't I can't use any of that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I can't use it at the range. I can't use it hunting. It's just a bunch of cool stuff that I guess uh, you could have. But if you guys had like a night vision uh, course. Or if, or if a guy who had, who had NV could just run that rather than the lights, boy, that would yeah. be fun. We, yeah. uh, well, two things. One quick thing. We had one guy who turned up and all these guys were getting out their night vision sets and he uh, opened his bag and pulled out a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> what a silly sausage. Good lad, though. <laughs> um, that was a good joke from him. But, um what I'd like to do is find out the legality of using flares uh, because it would be a pretty cool shoot whereby you start at the firing line, parachute flare gets launched up, and you've got the time that that parachute flare is flying to make your way through the course of fire. Hmm. Um, but the regulations we've found so far uh, say that for maritime use, you have to use red flares, and it's illegal to use one if it's not an emergency. But the people selling the flares sell white flares, and we're not anywhere near the ocean. Um, Mm. But Transport Canada has chosen just to ignore our phone calls and emails so far. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, helpful. Uh, That's funny. No, I mean, that sounds amazing. I mean, yeah, night night shooting is is something that I haven't done yet, and uh, that sounds good. So uh, in terms of volunteers and, and support for the club, uh, you guys get 20, 20 people out to a match. Do you guys run like a, b- a bunch of squads? Do you guys typically run two squads? What it, What's the typical setup? Usually two squads. So you guys can make do with like two ROs kind of a thing, right? Yeah. We've got, we can use our ranges in parallel, mm-hmm. um, which helps a lot. Um, but having uh, two ROs and then if you can uh, get an additional couple people to if it's a match, take down times and get the next shooter ready really helps. Um, I think for our last match, I think there was five of us, yeah. two, two for each range and one person in the clubhouse. Um, it really helps. Just And also, if you can split your shooters into an experienced and an inexperienced squad, what, it's nice to mix people up. It really is because people learn. But if you've got a set of stages that are longer and harder – if you can put the experienced squad on those ones, they run them through quicker. And then the shorter, less hard or just shorter ones, the inexperienced squad can finish around about the same time. And that way you don't end up with one squad hanging around waiting for the other to finish its set of stages on the other ranges. Yeah, it ends up being like uh, like golf, right? You need to you need to make sure that they're balanced. Otherwise, someone's going to be the golf marshal and come around and say, come on, hurry up, guys. You're going yeah, to get through this thing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's one thing we really like to do on most of our fun shoots is have a have a short courses of fire on the hundred meter range, and then mm-hmm. we put one big long one on the five hundred. Yeah, and it uh, kind of gives people a, a bit of a rush on the one hundred, and then stretches them right out on the five hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the good thing about the ranges is there's no reason you can't take uh, a range and split it into two stages. Yeah, you can do that, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our yeah. 500 meter range, we've got berms at 100, 200, 300, and then 300 to 500. 
So I can take that 500 meter range and split it if I wanted to into six different stages. Um, so it's, the limits your imagination and there is a lot you can do. And just because uh, your berms are at 100 doesn't mean you can't engage targets further than that uh, yeah, at the next berm and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so um, how did you guys uh, promote it to, uh, to get people to come out? Or was it like just super easy? You just, had to, you just had to build it and they would come? Word of mouth to start with, wasn't it? Yeah, from the yeah. start, it was just word of mouth. I mean, mostly everyone at the club knows each other outside and yeah. talks that way. But we had a, The club has a Facebook page. Um, mm -hmm. And then I was at, you know, I again spoke to the club, said, hey, how about some social media, you know? So um, built up the Reddit account, an Instagram account, um, and uh, Discord, and just started, you know, putting things out. Pretty simple, hey, you know, a nice picture, little caption of what we're up to, and then just talk to people. And people, you know, it's like, it's like Jared said earlier, you know, you've got that guy who turns up at the range with his pistol, but and he normally just shoots targets, and he suddenly finds out that this is going on. It's the same with, uh, you know, Reddit. Instagram and other stuff, you uh, end up with a lot of people going, oh, I wish my club could do this. Or, you know, why oh, the guys at my club don't want to do this? I wish you, I was closer. Um, and people who just love it as well and they share ideas and things like that. So that's, that's helped a lot. And practice score, uh, I think I heard it just at the tail end before we came in, massively would encourage the use of practice score because uh, twofold, it helps you track things a lot better from your end and secondarily um it's a consistent platform for everyone to find other things on yeah yeah, yeah. i look for things and adriel i know you've got your free gun list on your site um but with everything on facebook it's a nightmare it's just little silos of information which you have to physically yeah, yeah. go between and just nah yeah nah, don't, no one wants to do that yeah i had a i had a canada three gun facebook group for a while but people posted t like spicy memes on there, and it got it got turfed by uh, by Facebook. It got derailed. Yeah. <laughs> no one was even selling anything. We just had some memes up, and they're like, "Oh, we terminated it," and they didn't let me know why. Yeah, but I had the thought. I had the thought to had to like pull the community together. I just think yeah. that yeah. yeah, you'll have to do it on these disparate Facebook groups or uh, or on Discord or Reddit or whatever. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's helped a lot. We've gone from, as I said, six people locally to for our winter brutality match, we've got people coming all the way from Vancouver Island um, and Calgary, which is, you look at that and you're like, okay, no pressure, guys. We've, uh, you know, someone's just driven <laughs> 16 hours to get here and a ferry. You know, I, I'm sure they haven't got high expectations for that $25 ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> What uh, what rule set do you guys use? Uh, so the Finnish Brutality, um, we looked at theirs and said, it works. Let's make a few alterations for uh, Canadian realities. And then that's it. There's no point reinventing the wheel. Someone else has done all the hard work. They're running multiple competitions a year. Mm -hmm. It reads easily, which is really important. Um and it's easy to understand. And I think um, 
One one of the things I don't want Two Gun to become is overly professional. That sounds weird, but you see some of the Ipsic layouts and some of the practical shotgun layouts, and it's like this. You know, if you've got this Uber gear, a super gear, you can you know, it's so defined specifically for that activity. Whereas personally, you know, this is just me. I don't represent Two Guns at all, of course. I want it to remain open to the common Joe uh, and for it to be maintain its roughness, if that makes sense. Um, I think like, yeah, the, the savagery of, of three gun and two gun is, is something that people, so a lot of people like, and they don't want to mess around with the, uh, uh, the range lawyerness of, uh, of Ipsic. They just want to like, have fun and there's, and there's, shoot. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing against Ipsic. Ipsic is awesome. I enjoy it. I enjoy taking part in it. It's just not where I wanted to take two gun at our particular range. Um, I had one experience when I moved to Canada uh, at a different place um, before coming here where there was a um, biathlon club and mm-hmm. I turned up with my 1022 and cross rented cross country skis and wanted to take part. And they said, no, you've got to hurt. I said, I don't want to compete. I just want to train with you guys, have a bit of fun. Uh, use the same, if you want me to use a special ammo, whatever, I'll use that. But they said, no, you have to buy a biathlon rifle. You have to have the special <laughs> sling. And I just thought, you know, I, I never want Two Gun to become like that. I want it to be open to everyone. Uh, I want Joe Vlogs to turn up with his 1022 and his TT33 and have a good time or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's all part of uh, getting a club going is you need to, especially in a small town or, or a place that doesn't have a lot of, a lot of people nearby, you got to get, you got to be able to take everyone who can come in and uh, whether that's with the Ted 22 or the SKS or whatever they've got handy, bring what you shoot, what you brung kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. There's been some cool things turning up out of blue. Oh, yeah. There? Is it Brian with his double barrel pump action shotgun? Yep. What, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a hero. As a, as a legend of a gent who just, he just likes to shoot things and he turns up and he'll sort of turn around midway through and be like, am I allowed to shoot that thing? Yeah. All right. Bam, 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 bam. He's <laughs> <laughs> just having a good time. Yeah. I didn't think about that one. Like we, We've had some guys take out like the KSGs and that kind of a thing. But the KSG is great until you get like a oh this this is an empty start. And I was like oh <laughs> yeah. that, KSG, that KSG doesn't seem so good anymore. We upset a couple X ninety five owners with that. I didn't notice till the match itself, but the Tavor X ninety five with the bolt forward does not like taking a full mag. It will either jam or if you whack the magazine hard enough, you can get it to seat. But both the guys who bought them had Insta jams right at the start of the first of the stage. Uh, Sounds like a dumb problem. Yeah. It's a kit. You know what? It's, it's what two gun brings out is that thing, which you thought was mega suddenly isn't when you get a little change in the rules. We had a guy show up with a super tuned, was it Glock? Oh yeah. And uh, it was, was it five degrees or something? It was pretty cool. I think it started at minus one and pushed up to three or four. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't even cold. And that pistol would not function. No. It's the same. Yeah, it was a, there was a nice Glock and a nice CZ Shadow. And I think the oil they were using was just super slick. And that's, you know, rather than, 
I don't know, I think if you'd stuck engine oil on a regular one, it would have been fine, but they were just so fine-tuned that the moment they weren't shooting in good weather, that was it. Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot of guys like really tune that stuff, right? They were they run bunny fart rounds for it, so it just barely cycles the slide. And as yeah. soon as anything doesn't go right, well, it doesn't cycle yeah. the slide anymore. Yeah, um, I think I think we picked up at least three mags worth of racked out rounds from where they had uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, short strokes. Yeah, I picked up two two mags worth. Yeah, uh, I mean that that pays our way. We should get more of those guys in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, awesome yeah. I've, I've been asking too many questions uh kyle mo do you guys have any questions oh Comments? actually i do have one with the uh growth of your club you guys are growing all the time you guys planning a, a big match this summer like a big multi-day match this summer um so jared and i have been building our capabilities up bit by bit uh, so the match we had in November, great match. I think 20 plus people turned up. That was good. Um, we are limited somewhat by the number of squads we can run in parallel. Uh, so we can run two squads in parallel basically because of, uh, how our range is currently, uh, qualified. I think that's the right term. Um, on the 5th of March, we've got winter brutality. Uh, that is going to be brutal. Um, we've got also coming up in summer, I haven't put this past you yet, but uh, it's something I'd like to do, uh, the Caribou Challenge. Um, so I don't know if you saw Polinar Tactical. Uh, they had a great light infantry challenge, which they attended in Poland. Uh, and that involved navigation exercises, hiking, uh command tasks like building a raft and all sorts of things like that. And we live in a place with mountains, rivers, forests, everything. So I don't see any reason why we shouldn't have a caribou challenge involving all of those sorts of things, mm -hmm. especially when we've got a gazillion square kilometers of crown land to make use of. Hmm. Sounds interesting um, for sure. So I, <laughs> I, think, does, yeah. I think June, sometime between... I say July, August. Some, yeah. yeah, something like that. If the uh, if the forests aren't burning and we aren't choking to death from the smoke, then um, I think something like that's going to be up. Are you guys uh, planning on uh, speaking of three gun? Are you guys planning on going to the Lone Butte uh, three gun match? I think they're doing one come hell or high water. I think right. Yeah, yeah. I wish Abbotsford uh, had done that one. I love going to other clubs' matches and stealing all their best ideas. I'll bring my phone yeah. and be like, oh, I like that target. I like that base. Yeah. I'll take a picture of that. <laughs> well, we're going to make some of those. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it's stealing. Everyone would share like all this stuff uh, among the clubs. If 100%. I, right? Yeah. I've shamelessly, uh, yeah, I've, I've got it in my notes here. YouTube, steal ideas. Right? <laughs> yeah. You, do, you don't need to be the best designer in the world to recognize something that's cool and fun and you can do and you can change it. So watch Finnish brutality, desert brutality, uh, red October, all those good matches all over the world. Watch them get cool ideas. You know, mm. um, the, I think is the Lone Butte match. I think that's in July, isn't it? Uh, July 30th and 31st. Okay. I think that probably, prob is that three gun or two gun? It's three gun. Oh no, I need to buy a shotgun. 
Well, oh, <laughs> well Kyle, Kyle's been uh, poking around the the Gersan MC three twelve as like a, a cheap three gun semi auto shotgun. Yeah, it's been I looking think, good so far. Looks, looks yeah. Cool. The, see I after this like, weekend, but uh, it's looking promising. I used to compete with a Winchester SXP, so I think oh, I'll probably. Yeah. Oh no, it's actually a Winchester thirteen hundred. I'd probably pick up an SXP because if I'm going to go cheap. I think you get better value for money with a pump than you do with a, oh, yeah. a semi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I'd probably lean towards that. And plus it's just kind of cool racking the action, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and no tube capacity limits. So you yep. run that run a huge tube on those pump shotguns. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've not run much free gun here because adding the extra gun adds more than fifty percent complexity. Um and while your rifle, yeah. like you can, you can make a rifle for two or three gun, and it can be used for other things. Uh, your pistol can be used for other things, zipsec that kind of thing. Yeah. Your three gun shotgun is not useful for hunting or waterfowl or clay shooting. Like it, they are weird things that, <laughs> yeah, don't really have a lot of use otherwise. So you take like a fifteen hundred dollar gun, and then you hack it up and make it so it can't be used for any other sport. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I could, I would use a Saiga 12 while duck hunting with a full-size drum mag. I'm not even I sure mean, if I'm legal here. But, I um, go as so far to say that they can't be used for other stuff. I mean, I've taken my Benelli out duck hunting, and I shoot sporting clays with it. Like, it just hunting, I just take the tube off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah probably, I think I like the idea of coming down in July, to be sure awesome oh, yeah i'll be there so <laughs> well good already Ready registered for that one if i can make it yeah yeah i need to get well, i'm gonna have to buy another belt set up to have shotgun ammo and all that stuff as well yeah yeah Shot, we, uh, barriers another specialty thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> very expensive we've got around it we've done free gun a couple times and the way we've got around the extra complexity is we've just borrowed someone's pump action stuck mm-hmm. a bunch of loose rounds next to it and it's been no somewhere downrange in a safe place where it's not likely to get hit, um, typically protected by some sandbags. And you know, same as anything, you've got your dump barrel or rack. You reach the point, you've got your unloaded shotgun, you load it, you shoot the rounds in it. Every, you know, you've got a set number of targets. And I, let's say five, and five rounds, five targets. If you miss one, you, that's one penalty. Um, and then that way, with a pump as well, it's a little, I think people... Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's necessarily always true, but there's um, with loading it, it seems to be uh, people seem to get a hand of it a little easier. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a couple of extra buttons on a semi that yeah. aren't intuitive. Yeah. So and the other thing is they can show clear a bit more easily as well. So you know, mm-hmm. it's just we can throw some loose rounds. People can do their shots, and you know, after five shots, the gun's definitely empty because you only put five there. And then it's still easy to just quickly check as they do that dump barrel drop and move on. Yeah, um, got it. Yeah, I think if we could, we'd do it more. But I think I say, yeah. there's always the other option, which we tell new shooters all the time, is if you don't have it, make a friend with somebody and borrow their gear. That's true. Um, often, yeah. Put put people I, in a squad, and you need a shotgun. Yeah. Okay, you're going in this guy's squad. He's going to be yeah. blowing you the shotgun, and you guys just shoot yeah. two two people yeah. apart, and we're good. Yeah. Here's the caddies. Well, here's the shotgun. Go. Well, um, we did we did sort of skip the shotgun stage, and we went to rifle grenades because it turns out that 
the we asked Runk of the Bailey. Mm-hmm. So the energy law, uh, the OIC said certain amount of energy, certain bore diameter. So let's say you've got a Yugoslavian SKS. The bore diameter is 762. The energy is no greater than that which the, bar- the firearm was able to fire with a regular full metal jacket. So if you stick a rifle grenade on the end, an inert one, I suppose it will <laughs> um, Important clarify there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we're currently scrounging around to see if we can get some SKS or Mosin rifle grenades and uh, stick them in as part of the stage. Uh, That'd be fun. We did some orders one time for Chaz, and that was that was fun too. Just with empty shot shells and dropping something on to to do a mortar for uh, for one of the stages. There's a bunch of cool stuff you can do that like really adds yeah. to the experience. I, I remember thinking back, um, like right now, I just shoot them for I, I want to win. But uh, I remember when I when I first started, some of those like little gimmicks or the little things in there, like they're so interesting to me, and they they really got yeah. like hooked me and got me into it. Yeah, I think when, uh, when I was in the Czech Republic for the European Practical Shock and Championship, they had they made an artificial waterfall which you had to engage your targets through. That was savage. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't like a you know Hollywood film set star waterfall. It was a few hoses with holes poked in it, but it was good enough. <laughs> um, that was mega. Speaking Are of we... stealing ideas, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we we try with our stage designs to make people think and take you know to have as few rules as possible. Uh, so that people can take the initiative and do things their way. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I've, I, we had a uh, stage with a box of ammo and you did a bunch of stuff with your pistol and then you went over and your rifle ammo had to be in the box and the box was next to a vehicle which we were shooting off, you know, leaning next to and shooting next to. Mm-hmm. And um, it took about four people going, shooting one magazine, running back to the box, going back to the shooting position, firing for magazine. And he was like the fifth person suddenly realized that the box could in fact be picked up and taken with them. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta think like a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a rule against this? No. Oh, I no. guess I can do it. <laughs> oh, I, I would encourage sneakiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like the, uh, the thinking um, portion of it. We, uh, we ended up running a shoot where they would run up to the hood of the truck and roll two die. And they had to add up the numbers on the die to get a, a, a goal number. Mm-hmm. And then the three targets downrange were worth one point, two points, and three points in that order. And they would have to add up their points they score on the targets to meet their goal that they rolled with the die. Yeah. Hmm. So it was, it was really uh, it was interesting to see people sacrifice... Um, their shot shooting for a small three-point target versus just hitting the one-point target three times. I get you, yeah. 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 And then just having that devastating moment where they run out of ammo on the last shot. Yeah. Yeah, so they go for the one-point target and make two hits, and then they're out of ammo. Yeah. Just got to carry more ammo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we've seen some interesting magazines have been placed in interesting places by people who've turned up without bulk kit. Leggings. Uh, leggings, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, okay, yeah, I, I yeah. see it, yeah. That was, yeah. I, they were tactical leggings, we'll say that. Yeah, they had, they had a pocket. <laughs> exactly, I think, 
Uh, she she managed to stick a lot of magazines in those leggings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it just it just looks a bit odd as an RO when they're rummaging around in the leggings looking for that pistol mag. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Lycra thigh holster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's been like- a, holsters have been an interesting thing. Like uh, you. you the moment you start this, you unwillingly enter the plethora of options that are holsters and that people are going to bring to the table, like chest holsters and mm-hmm. drop leg holsters and belt holsters and active versus non-active retention. And we had a guy ask us, yeah. hey, can I bring a, a, a chest holster? And my first thought was, well, it's, it's immediately on the 90. But then Jared pointed out, well, so is a uh, downward holster. So as a regular holster, that's right on the 90 if I was pointing downwards as well. Uh, and you start to pulling your head into different positions and trying to have to think about things that you haven't previously had to think about before. Um, and that's been good. Yeah. 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 People bringing like those, uh, those crappy textile holsters out <laughs> and uh, going for a run with them, finding out the retention doesn't work that good. And out goes the, pol- the pistol and yeah. well, watching someone jump up from the prone position into a standing position and their pistol do a 360 degree loop in the air before landing on the floor. Mm. That was, that was not fun. Yeah. Um, well, uh, people got to learn, right? Oh, you get DQ. Exactly. Okay. Well, go get a GLS and this will not happen to you next time. Right. Well, something we do after every shoot, whether it's a fun shoot or a match is we have a lessons learned debrief. Mm-hmm. So we'll sit down with a uh, you know, couple, you know, a bit of a drink, like, and uh, you know, we'll just grab a coffee or whatever, and we'll just talk through what happened that day because we're on separate squads, so we haven't seen what everyone's done, mm-hmm. and we'll talk through things that have happened, how to improve things, and huh. I mean that's helped, hasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, just follow up emails. If we get a bunch of people coming, we'll send an email out to people saying, you know. Great effort today, guys. A couple things to look at. Something we've noticed. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you at the next event. You've got to be proactive with your communications. Um, And so we've taken people's emails with their permission and uh, used that to broadcast when the next event is, what it's going to be, et cetera. That's big for pulling people in. Uh, Sure. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got to do the promotion. Got to get everyone in. Got to uh, got to keep it alive. Make sure that uh, make sure that you you guys have volunteers that can help you out, so you don't burn out either. Because that's yeah. something that can happen with uh, with smaller clubs. Is you have one or two people who do all the work, and yeah. they get sick of doing all the work, and they want out, and then that it dies. Because oh, uh, we bur- yeah, yeah we've burn. definitely burned out a couple times and just said, nah, we're not doing something that big again, um, or just. Yeah, January, we were looking at the number of people who were going to turn up in January after we'd had, no, sorry, December. And we'd done the competition in uh, November. So we just said, well, okay, we'll do like a a fun turn-up shoot. You know, we'll Mm -hmm. stick some different targets out at different ranges and just make, we'll we'll have a Christmas shoot. Anyone can turn up and do whatever, but we're not going to set up like a full-on set of stages and Mm -hmm. just needed to chill out a bit. Yeah, Um, yeah. Timeliness and late shooters. It's so frustrating when someone turns up for an hour after the shoot has kicked off, and because they need the full safety brief, and then they need 
Yeah. No, they don't. No, they don't. They just don't shoot. (laughs) It's exactly it. It's easy to say that when you've got 20 people there already, but when it's like uh, you've got eight, 10 people there and then suddenly three people turn up, it's like, well, you know, that's a lot. That's, That's a bigger proportional difference and it helps if you can, you know, reinforce it and make sure it doesn't happen again, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, you've got to be firm with that. And you've got to be firm with shooters. Like, there's mm-hmm. a couple, uh, you know, when you come across someone who's complacent with their safety, mm-hmm. um, we've been all over them, yeah. all over them. Um, yeah, I'll say to someone, I'm shouting at you, not because I'm at you, know, because I'm being angry. Um, but because I need to make sure you understand, you hear this, because I don't know if they've got earplugs, then ear pro on the outside, and there's other gunshots going on from the other squad, but I've got to shout, and I've got to make sure it's heard if they're coming to you, if, say they break the 90 or they're doing something daft, uh, which is a rare occurrence, but we've had to be very clear on a couple occasions, and that's been good for everyone. So I would say to anyone thinking of starting this up, do not hesitate when it comes to safety be all over someone. Yeah. Well, it takes one incident and then it's done, right? Then you're exactly yeah. we'll pull support from it or you'll yeah. lose uh, some sort of rating that you need or uh, yeah. and then it's over. So yeah, that's exactly. super important. Tourniquets. I, I know you know, none of us ever wants to use one, but again, an area our club was fantastic with was supporting us with purchasing trauma kits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're 20 minutes from town in an area without mobile phone signal. We do have landlines, but uh, you, you know, if you have a, a bad day, you're 60 seconds away from having a really, really bad day. Um, so we often, you know, I happen to have some training in the use of them from previous military days and for training. And so you know, there's a few other first aiders within the club. Uh, mm-hmm. So we made sure to get a bunch of taunt, uh, first aid kits, enough to just stop the bleed. Great course, by the way, uh, stop the yep. bleed. Um, yeah, we're a big fan of that. Yeah, and just uh, at the start of every shoot, we ask the question, okay, does anyone here have first aid or trauma aid experience that's willing to let us know about it so that we can use you if we need to? Um, yeah. Yeah, we've got our own experiences, but we don't want to force anyone to do it. So it's just if you're willing, let us know. Oh, sometimes you got like an EMS or a paramedic or a doctor <laughs> on your yeah. squad, and you're like, oh, all right. Well, you know, I'm not going to take charge if this guy's here. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's always good to know who not to send to go call the the ambulance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you get out of here. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think I got this. Yeah, there's a couple. There's, a, there's definitely been a couple people who, if we sent on the the 400 meter sprint to the landline, they'd be calling the ambulance for themselves, not not for the person. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I guess there's that to think of too. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're, we're getting right, right close to 45 minutes here, guys, but uh, it's been fantastic. I think we could yeah. probably go on for another hour here. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe before we let you go, just uh, let our listeners know about uh, where they can find out more about you guys and uh, what social media you guys are on. Uh, so we are on Instagram as Quinell Multigun. Likewise with Reddit and our Facebook page is the Quinell Rod and Gun Club page. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on Discord as well. Uh, we l- lurk around there, just injecting the occasional comment or picture, and uh, we can be contacted at quinellmultigun at gmail.com for any questions or thoughts you have. We've got our next competition, March the 5th, that's our Winter Brutality Shoot, um, 
and hopefully sometime late summer, the Caribou Challenge. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. Show up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll see if I can. (laughs) Let's see. Let's meet in more magazines. I'm I'm only 46 hours away, so I I might be there. I'm a little bit closer than that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, Kyle, I think that's a that's not a bad drive for you either, is it? Uh, it shouldn't be too bad, no. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you. I appreciate Thank you. it. Okay. Awesome. Continue on with the rest of our listener feedback. And actually, first off, thank you to those guys for coming on. Really cool to have them on. And uh, yeah, like a year of doing the show the show the uh matches and that and sounds like they've progressed and well to get like 20 or 30 people out of a match like you can go a long time with having like eight to ten people show up to a match so once you get up to like the 20s like that's pretty good that's uh that's that's usually a good indicator that you're doing the right kind of things at your matches yeah for sure all right uh don't have any uh facebook reviews Instagram, Patreon. Uh, if you would like to email the show, you can send the sh- email to slamfireradio at gmail.com or comment on Facebook, YouTube, whatever you feel like. Uh, and if you want to join us on Patreon, just go to Patreon and search Slamfire Radio. Uh, shout outs. Mo, do you got any shout outs? Uh, not tonight, no. Pedro? No. Trying to get a new house. Yeah. Won't be at the range for a while. Yeah, I don't have any shout-outs either. So with that, we're going to sign off. So you can check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Give us a like and follow on Facebook. We are currently at 2,903. It was review on Facebook and join the CCFR and we will see you guys next week so if you have any comments or questions for the show please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com now go grab a gun and shoot something when the talking is over it's time to get a gun